What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Lauren Arbach. Hello. Good morning, Andrew. Happy Tuesday. How are we doing this Tuesday? I'm it's doing Tuesday, all right. right. It is, uh, yep. I was like, wait, it is uh, yeah, Tuesday, I, right? But it's, I do know that it is. because of the game last night. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that game last night drove me crazy for a while. I'm very invested in the Chiefs, so this mm-hmm. season has been... Uh, a roller coaster. It's been a little bit mm-hmm. frustrating at times, I won't lie. Um, you know, every time I watch the Chiefs, I'm just sort of like, I'm just waiting for the fantasy points to come. I'm like, this this should be so easy for this team, and they make it so hard for themselves and for their fantasy managers. Uh, you know, I've got Mahomes, I've got Kelsey, I've got Tyreek, I've got Daryl Williams. So, you know, the whole Derek Gore emergence last night was mm-hmm. driving me a little crazy, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had three matchups last night that were all coming down to the wire, and they were all like I was super conflicted. You know, I used that like Alonzo morning mm-hmm. uh, GIF yeah, of I like where that. he's like, "Is he is he happy or is he sad? Uh, how should I look at this?" Um, because you know, I, it's like I had in one league I have Mahomes and I'm facing Kelsey, and another I have Kelsey and Mahomes or Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and another I'm facing hill and have daryl williams it was like all over the place but the good news is i ended up winning two out of the three so i'm gonna take that as a victory i think that Uh, is yeah i think you should that is victory yeah majority there (laughs) exactly right that's Mm -hmm. all we can although i had already lost in scott fishbowl so really i broke even but uh you know i got off to a hot start this season in my fantasy league so if i can just kind of tread water Mm -hmm. right now i i think i can get in the playoffs in all of them which is my that's my real goal that's like a couple buys but um the goal is to make the playoffs in every league. I, I, yes, that is the goal. I'm going to get hit hard in the uh, Scott Fishbowl because I have Derrick Henry there, and Ugh. yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm going to I'm well, going to have to figure out how to make up some points there. Um, yeah, my home league uh, that you're in mm-hmm. uh, that I've run for as the commissioner for over 15 years, and it's my original fantasy uh, crush is that league. Um, mm-hmm. I have Derrick Henry there, and it, I like. I felt like I was given such an amazing gift in that league because that's right. He fell. Uh, I got him with the ninth pick. It's <laughs> yeah. a super flex league, yeah. um, so people were going quarterback heavy, uh, but I was still. I felt blessed that I uh, that I got Derrick Henry with the ninth pick, um, and it was great for half a season. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm left picking up the pieces, yeah. as everyone that has Derrick Henry is. Yep. Um, and I do think that also raises another interesting question, which is who is the number one player in fantasy now that mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is out for the season? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, uh, you and I both had him number one. You and I were both we – ha- we both had him number two coming into the season behind only Christian McCaffrey, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. most people had Dalvin Cook ahead of Henry. So you and I were kind of – uh, extra enthusiastic about Derrick Henry coming into the season. Some people had him down at five, down even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I were we were on board from the beginning with Derrick Henry, but um, you know now it's really tough to say. I mean, McCaffrey himself is still in this really vague place where we don't know when he's coming back. Uh, you know, Matt Rule seems to every week say something stupid. This week it's <laughs> you know we hope he comes back and or you know they said we hope he comes back in week nine, and then they're like. If he comes, if he doesn't come back in week nine, we hope he comes back in week ten. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Right. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, uh, I'm frustrated. I have McCaffrey, uh, and um, <laughs> let yeah, it out, Andrew. Just be... let it out. 
I know, right? But he can't be number one right now, right? So no. who who do you have as number one? Uh, you know, we do our rest of season rankings that are fresh up on the website, rosrankings.com. Uh, so who did you put number one there? Lauren? Well, actually, I we did that, but I uh, if I could amend that real quickly, I I would have. Um, I think it's Austin Eckler. I think that that's he's a tough one because he got he has you kind of covered on both base on both on two bases, right? Where he's got you on. Uh, he gives you some good uh, rushing stats. He also is involved in the passing game. This is a high octane offense, um, even though they've had. Uh, kind of two kind of poorish uh, uh, games, uh, the last two games. But I think that he does enough on both sides kind of, uh, of the ball to um, give himself a, you know, incredibly high floor. Um, so I, I mm-hmm. like that kind of duality with him. Um, and uh, so I, I would I would say Austin Eckler. How about you? Okay. Well, I put Cooper Cup number one. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, I, to me it's a down to three players. It's down to Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think those are the clear top three right now. Jonathan Taylor is actually uh, my fourth, and he's making a pretty strong argument as well, to be honest. But um, I actually went with the wide receiver, and mm-hmm. I think it's the first time I've ever ranked a wide receiver uh, as the number one <clears throat> overall fantasy player um, mm-hmm. for rest of season. Uh, this is our rankings are based on a half point PPR format. Uh, obviously, in a full PPR, I think Cooper Cup is even better. Um, but really, he's just what he's doing is incredible. And um, the the thing I also really like uh, about it is he doesn't have the injury risk that these running mm-hmm. backs have. That's I true. mean, it's just been so brutal uh, with running back injuries this season. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to change how people draft in the future. I, I think that uh, running backs are still very rare. So, you know, it's, it's hard to get these bell cow backs and that's why their value is always going to be inflated in drafts. But, mm-hmm. um, you can ruin your season taking a running back. I mean, people that drafted Christian McCaffrey, their season's pretty much been ruined. You know, people that drafted Derrick Henry now, maybe their season is about to be ruined. Um, and if you look at fantasy points per game and half PPR, Cooper Cup was right there with Derrick Henry um, for the season. Uh, Derrick Henry is at 23 points per game uh, in half PPR and Cooper cups at 22.9. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is over 20. So uh, I really think Cooper cup is doing incredible things right now. He has a great rapport uh, with Matthew Stafford. Um, I think his injury risk is very low compared to, and I know he has had an injury in the past, but um, I just think uh, receivers injury risk overall is much lower than running backs. And Cooper Cup's doing this every single week. Um, so, I, you know, I don't really see why we should expect any sort of drop-off from him. Uh, I know his numbers are insane, but it just seems like it's going to stay that way. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's uh, – you, br- you bring up some interesting points. Would you shift so far uh, and, and go with, say, like the zero running back option, or is that, like, too extreme for you? Are you talking about in, like, drafting next season? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't really like zero RB, um, in the sense that like, I don't, I want to go into week one having players at every position that will allow me to be competitive. So like, I don't want to go into week one with like only backup running backs on their own teams, you know, um, or like guys that are dicey flex plays at best, you Mm -hmm. know, but, um, I am more and more warming to the idea of like, trying to get your running backs in maybe uh fourth, fifth, sixth round or something. I mean, you don't want to, you want to avoid the dead zone. So it's, 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 
that's challenging too, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm still working on my philosophy about it. I mean, this yeah. season, what I basically did was um, I did take like a first round running back a lot and then tried to supplement that, um, you know, wait, wait a while. Um, uh, or maybe you take one, a couple early and then wait a long time. Um, you know, I felt like this year there were some really good receiver values in like the mid rounds. Like, um, you know, in our league we're in together, I, I got guys like Justin Jefferson in the fourth round or, you know, Amari Cooper in the fifth round, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, which are just like no brainer values to me. I mean, that was super flex, but still, those are amazing values. Um, so it, it you have to react to how your draft is, is going. But yeah. I do think that like in terms of the absolute studs, like you might want to consider going with the stud wide receiver over the running back just because they're a lot they just seem a lot less risky you know yeah i think that's interesting i i I hear that point and um i you know you may be onto something there i wouldn't be i'm not opposed to that by any means i mean i generally i especially do that if i find myself in the draft kind of the at the tail end of the draft but um yeah it'll be interesting to see if say you're you're closer up to say the the number one pick or a mid pick a mid-round pick um, you know, would you pull the trigger on a wide receiver over a running back, you know? Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing is, the you know, I, I mentioned the dead zone for running backs, and that that's actually, they have double risk because they also have the injury risk, but they also, then they have the just the risk of losing their job, losing their role, you know? And we've right. seen guys like Mike, Mike Davis was like an obvious trap, in my opinion, coming mm-hmm. into this season, and that's pretty much what's happened. Um, there have been guys... Like Daryl Henderson, though, who were like risky because you didn't know exactly what their role would be, and now he's mm-hmm. like an RB one. So, right. um, it's just you know, it, running back is uh, it's risky one way or the other, you know. Um, so that's why I feel like when you get that value on wide receivers, um, it's sort of a safer investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe to win a fantasy league, you have to take some some bold risks. So that's yeah. kind of that's where the decision making is. Yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the Derrick Henry injury, um, well, you mentioned it first, but, mm-hmm. uh, we also have the trade deadline, um, today we're recording this, uh, Tuesday morning at 10 45 AM Eastern time. Uh, by the end of the day today, there could be some players moved that could have real, uh, fantasy ramifications. You know, I think in the past, the NFL trade deadline tends to be kind of, uh, disappointing, um, it's a lot harder to make trades in in the NFL than it is in Major League Baseball, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe we maybe we uh, shouldn't be expecting a ton here, but I do think we should talk about some of the big names that have come up in trade rumors and what we think. Uh, you know, because I tried to stash some of these guys this last week just in case they get moved, mm-hmm. um, guys. Guys like Deshaun Watson, guys like Marlon Mack or Ronald Jones, uh, even a Tyson Williams has come up. Uh, you know, Adam Schefter mentioned him as a potential player that uh, the Titans could look at after losing Henry. Um, you know, so guys like that, it doesn't, it didn't hurt to stash them for a, like a week. You know, I mean, all these guys by the end of today, I'll know whether I need to hold them anymore or I can just drop them for uh, waiver wire pickups this week. Right. Um, so, you know, I, as far as Watson goes, I, I know you, you don't think he's moving, right? I don't, I just don't, I don't think so. I mean, and I think that, you know, he had pre- previously said, you know, he would only waive his no trade uh, clause to Miami. And I don't know, Miami is, uh, and we've talked about this before with Tua, but 
they, I think they came out last week and just said he is our starter for this season. Now, now that doesn't mean that they can't trade for Watson, I suppose, but um, you know, it sounds like they've kind of doubled down on Tua. And did you watch the video of that press conference though no. with Brian Flores? Was it not? Like it a was real like down? pulling teeth. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, okay. Like I it's one of those things it. where you read the quotes mm-hmm. and they're like different than what was oh, how okay. it actually went down so i mean like happened? basically well i i just think he's like put been put in an impossible situation because the the ownership and management of that team want deshaun watson badly and i think that's obvious um they've been you know but but they they aren't the ones that are going in front of the media and answering the question so they're mm-hmm. leaving it to him to do it and he has no control over it he's not the one that's going to ultimately make that decision so he's been put in sort of an impossible situation where he has to answer these questions every single week uh and i think he's trying to give these very sort of um non-answer answers and saying he's our quarterback doesn't really mean anything you know so Mm -hmm. um i i think the state of this situation is that there's still a lot of negotiating going on between the Dolphins and the Texans and the Dolphins I think are trying to bring the price down by saying he has all these legal issues and we don't know how can we trade for a guy when we don't know when he's going to be able to play for us and all that they're 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 using that argument to try to reduce the the cost of acquiring him and um and the Texans are trying to float all these other teams that could be interested to try to increase the cost I mean Carolina is the only other team that seems like a realistic um, team that might make try to try to go out and get him. I mean, Sam Darnold is just really not playing well. Yeah. Um, you know, so the legal, like all these legal issues circling around Watson, like I can see I, it's, it's understandable for a team to say, I just don't want anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but these teams are so desperate for a franchise quarterback that they may be willing to do it. And then it just, if they're, if they're this far along in negotiations, clearly they are, willing to do it in a potential scenario and then, and then it comes down to like the price you know mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's where all the all the uh on, behind the scenes negotiating is right now mm-hmm. is the price because uh you know deshaun watson would obviously cost a lot more if he didn't have all these legal mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. going around him but the texans don't want to sell him for nothing so um it's just going to be interesting to see if if a deal can get done there what do you think will happen I would say, I mean, I I think it's less than 50-50 that it gets done because mm-hmm. it hasn't happened yet and we're at the last minute. But I definitely think there's still a chance. I I definitely think that the it, that the Texans or the Dolphins, especially their ownership, uh, would rather have Deshaun Watson than Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback. And as long as that's the case, mm-hmm. I think there's a possibility that a deal does happen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so, like, I have Watson stashed, and, I, and I, right. you know, it's just a no-brainer. It's by the end of today, I'll know if I can drop him mm-hmm. or not. But if he does get traded to Miami, he could be a top-five quarterback um, for the second half of the season. Yeah. We shall see, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and then there's a bunch of running backs that have come up in deal, in trade, uh, discussions, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's, uh, Marlon Mack is the one who has been coming up the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, it's just, he's been in, he's been in, in discussions for so long that I don't know, uh, if, um, if it's, I don't know if it's going to amount to anything because it would have you would you feel like it would have by now but um right you know it, there's teams that keep losing running backs so if the price is cheap why wouldn't a team want to want to acquire him um 
Yeah, I feel like you've been kind of talking about Marlon Mack uh, for a couple weeks now in terms of stashing, you know, specifically because of this, you know, because the trade deadline's coming up. And, you know, if he goes to another team, you know, his value could soar, you know, depending on how he's utilized. Yeah, I mean, I've I've picked him up and dropped him multiple times in multiple leagues because it's like um, when you have the roster space, you might as well. Like, I love dropping my kicker and holding a guy like Marlon Mack during the week just in case mm-hmm. a trade happens. Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't, you drop him for it's a nothing. kicker at the end of yeah. the week, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, people have been talking about the Titans with him, but I, I'm not sure that the Colts would be willing to trade Marlon Mack within the division to the Titans. And whether you can make an argument that that's stupid to feel that way, but I just think it's very rare that you see teams trade uh, to their arch rivals. Um, you know, you don't see mm-hmm. a lot of Red Sox Yankees trades <laughs> going right. down after right. Babe Ruth. Uh, and you don't see a lot of uh, Texans Colts trade or Titans Colts trades going down. Um, so I, I, you know, I feel like if Marlon Mack gets moved, it's probably somewhere else. But, um, you know, Ronald Jones is another guy. Um, he played, he, like, I think the Buccaneers recognize his value to them because they're one Leonard Fournette injury away from really needing him. But, mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, if they can get really good value for a running back who's just collecting dust on their mm-hmm. bench, they might be compelled to do that. So um, he's another guy I feel like could have a lot of value if he mm-hmm. landed uh, in a place like Tennessee. I mean, yeah. um, you know, but there's there's you know, there's a lot of running backs uh, out there and a lot of running back injuries happening all the mm-hmm. time. So. Um, I just, you know, these are all guys that are sort of interesting to stash while we mm-hmm. wait to see what happens by the end of today. Yeah, we'll see if there's like a flurry of activity, you know, <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as the day goes on. Yeah. And then uh, let's see, what are, who are some other names that have been coming up? Um, you know, our old friend Evan Ingram <laughs> has <laughs> has surfaced in trade rumors recently. Well, and, maybe, and his, the, the, maybe he saw a spike in value because he finally scored a touchdown uh, last he night. He did. So, yeah. Um, you know, maybe he was just really working really hard last, last night to improve his trade <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, well, the Packers just lost Robert Tunyon did. for the season, so yeah. that would make a lot of theoretical sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he if he's catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he yeah. would be pretty interesting, don't I, you think, he, even I, though yeah, he's so I would, inconsistent? I would change my tune a little bit on, on Evan Engram, I think, depending on, on where he goes. And... Um, yeah, that would be really interesting if, if he um, ended up in Green Bay. Um, I don't know what the other – who are some of the other uh, uh, team candidates um, for Engram? Do you know? Oh, I haven't heard much else okay. yet. No, okay. I don't know. But, um, I mean, there's – you know, there's a lot of teams that have mediocre tight ends. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they do shop him, we'll have to see where he yeah. would end up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at wide receiver, uh, I think – you know – Allen Robinson has come up. I mean, he's probably not going to get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's a very good player, and he's had a very disappointing season. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where maybe if he did get traded, it would be a huge boon to his fantasy value. Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, I think that we've kind of talked about this, too, a little bit, where it's just like he has been able to weather kind of poor quarterback play, but this this season is just kind of a little bit off the charts. and. Darnell Mooney is kind of um, has come across like slightly better over the season, you know. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, if he were to go, to, I think to a place where you have kind of a um, like a more stable offensive environment, 
yeah I mean because it's not I don't think it's a question of talent with him it's just kind of what's the team his current team context and you you can't kind of yeah which also could be improving now Mm -hmm. that's true yeah um I mean, the you know Justin Fields. It, it, it took Matt Nagy being out, maybe, but Justin Fields <laughs> well, finally had a good yeah, game. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but a, a lot of Justin Fields' value is still going to come with his legs. So mm-hmm. there would even if even if Justin Fields, you know, takes off from here, mm-hmm. uh, there's probably better places for Allen Robinson to be in terms of his fantasy value. Yeah. Um, I, but I then you know, sure. there's guys like Odell Beckham and Brandon Cooks also as possibilities. Um, mm-hmm. You if know the Brandon Texans Cooks say they want to... to the the Texans. I don't really know what would be going on offensively for that for that team. Well, I mean that team is uh, it know. doesn't matter what's going on offensively <laughs> for that team, but they say they want to build around Brandon Cooks, which makes no sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's an aging mm-hmm. wide receiver. That's not that's that's not a player you typically build around. I mean, right. he's twenty eight years old, right. so uh, that that's that seems odd to me, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they did just trade um, Mark Ingram, so maybe maybe there is something mm-hmm. to Brandon Cooks' deal. And you know, you and I both love Brandon Cooks. He's a mm-hmm. good, he's a very good player. So um, you know, he's been able to do decently with Davis Mills throwing him passes. Mm-hmm. So if he landed in a better situation, it's pretty easy to see uh, he he has wide receiver two uh, potential if he's in a, in a better situation than he's in right now. Yeah, he can go anywhere. He survives. He's he's like a football cockroach. He, you can just put him in any scenario. <laughs> he's there. He survives. He's going strong. And but yeah, I think that that would make sense for him for him to leave. But I'd be very curious then to see what that Houston offense would look like. Like who are they throwing right, balls right. to? You know. Right. But yeah. Well, I wouldn't be curious about that. I would just not watch them. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about Beckham? Do you do you uh, do you think there's any team that Beckham could go to that would salvage his career? Because man, has it gone off the rails? I don't. I mean, no, because I think at this point it's like I feel like he's just kind of past like what he what he was, and whether it's kind of um, you know injury. He's he's kind of been dealt he's dealt with all these you know injuries and i don't know it just seems like since what like the his like 2019 season i think um he just um i think kind of the, the shine has rubbed off, rubbed off a little bit on him and uh he still is extremely talented i mean i guess if he can get you know acquired you know if he can kind of get this like like really nice landing spot then perhaps maybe that will kind of get him going but he's also dealing with I believe two shoulder injuries right now. And um, I don't know, but I don't know, I guess in terms of, of the Browns, uh, you know, I really don't know that he's, he hasn't made, I mean, he hasn't made much of an impact this season. And I don't know, uh, given their team context, of being so great at running the ball and you've got, you know, Jarvis Landry back. I, I don't know. I don't know what his usage is, um, you know, kind of moving forward, but I don't know. He, he's a little bit more question kind of a question mark to me. I mean, what do you what do you think? Do you think that there's a ton of value with him uh, or that he could kind of, you know? Well, I don't there, think is he there has upside a ton of trade value. With him, like uh, going I, elsewhere? I, well, I think we know. I, I Here's how I'd put it. I We don't know whether he could succeed in another place, but we do know he can't succeed where he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that You know, it's just, it's been long enough in Cleveland. And I think I saw a stat like he's had... Um, 29 starts with the Browns and in 10 of them he has less than 30 receiving yards or something crazy like mm-hmm. that. I mean, 
it's just not worked out. I yet, I don't think he's had a hundred yard game since like one of his first games with the Browns, uh, and that was based on like a couple really long. Uh, kind of fluky plays against the jets so Mm -hmm. it's basically been a disaster from day one in cleveland for him um he may just be you know washed up i don't know i i I feel like a lot of it it's less it's i mean he he is injured right now like you said but uh, the problems have been less physical and more psychological it seems Mm -hmm. like i he just doesn't have a good rapport with baker mayfield Uh, i've also just seen him drop passes i've seen him uh, be hesitant to avoid contact um, when going up for the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like he's in a bad place right now, and maybe going somewhere else would, uh, you know, both in terms of, um, you know, like a great quarterback isn't going to uh, put him in in position where he's going to get big hit, get hit over the middle of the field or mm-hmm. things like that. And maybe they have a maybe he has a good relationship with his quarterback and feels good and plays better. So it's possible, but uh, you know, I also think he's very hard to move right now because he's got a big contract and he's not producing. He's known as a little bit of a prima donna. Um, I, I, yeah, I just don't think there's going to be. Uh, it's almost at a point where I feel like the Browns would <laughs> would need to pay to get rid of him mm-hmm. rather than get value for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I doubt he moves. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, why don't we hop into the waiver wire? Because uh, a lot of the players um, that uh, could get traded will come up in the waiver wire discussion. But uh, we also have to, of course, talk about uh, the Jameis Winston injury. So, um, you know, I think Taysom Hill uh, is a name at quarterback we should start off with. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, of course, we'll get to uh, Adrian Peterson as well in short order when we move on to running back. Uh, But, yeah, as always, uh, uh, these are players that are rostered in 50% or fewer of Yahoo leagues. Uh, You know, I'm going to start off Taysom Hill. I think he's the number one quarterback ad this week. Um, You know, I'm I'm a big Taysom Hill fan in fantasy. Uh, Last season he started four games and he was a top 13 quarterback in all four of them. Uh, he was a QB one for that month where he uh, where he had stepped in for Drew Brees. Um, I think he's a better fantasy option than Jameis Winston, and I think he fits um, the Saints' offense better than Jameis Winston. To be honest, because they're just not a pass heavy team. They they want to run the ball and play good defense, and I think Taysom Hill can can run the ball <laughs> very effectively. Um, you know, I think this is going to be the identity of this team now. Taysom Hill, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, uh, just the, the ground focus. Um, and I think it can work for them. Uh, and I think Taysom Hill can provide borderline QB1 numbers again. What do you think? Do you think – I think that's true. I think that he definitely has has gobs of, of upside here. Um, do you think, though, that he is ready for this week? He's been out since week five with a concussion. Um, do you think that they – you know, they – or? Do you think he's ready to go back in? That's my only concern with him. Now, that he may just not be able to play this week, but we'll, you know, grab the reins, you know, the following week. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. there's tons of upside there. Um, but maybe it's Trevor Semien this week. But in general, I think that this is, you know, Hill is the quarterback that you want, right, between these two. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I, re- I think I read that he is expected to return to practice this oh, week. Oh, is he? Okay. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean – it's always a little concerning with concussions that cost players multiple weeks. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just concerning, concerning from a human perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you hope that it's nothing 
that affects him over, you know, the rest of his life or anything like mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, but uh, but it does seem like um, he is coming back, and uh, I would expect him to be back this week. Um, okay. So yeah, I think I think he's a, a great waiver ad uh, if you. Um, you know, I have leagues where I have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback, and uh, you know, I would rather have Taysom Hill the rest of the season mm-hmm. than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that, and um, I think if people are questioning, I mean, you you would probably, um, I assume you would say, you know, th- throw a bunch of kind of fab money at this, kind of go all in with Taysom Hill. Well, if you I, need a quarterback. I would, I would do a lot more in a super flex league than mm-hmm. in a single quarterback league, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you have a lot of fab, you have to know your league. I mean, in some leagues, like in single quarterback leagues, you might be the only person that puts a claim in on Taysom Hill. If everybody likes their, I mean, there's like 11 quarterbacks that are basically every week starters. So, you know, like if you have like a Aaron Rodgers or uh Kyler Murray or a Dak Prescott or any of these, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, any of these guys as your quarterback, you're probably not that interested mm-hmm. in Taysom Hill, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to know your league. Um, but if you need a quarterback, spend what it takes to get him, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I get, And I guess in terms of other quarterbacks, now we kind of briefly talked about Justin Fields earlier. I know you were like you're kind of done with him as of last week, but we saw <laughs> yeah, some of, of his his legs, uh, you know, working uh, this past week where I believe he ran for it was 103 or 106 yards or something like that. And um, yeah. I don't know. Have you? Cha- I was curious, you know, to talk to you about this. Have you changed your tune a little bit, or are we? Are you still a little wait and see about Justin Fields? Like, what do you? How do you view him right now? It, it was so typical that that was going to happen <laughs> because I've been very high on Justin Fields all all yeah. year. You know, and of course, the minute that I give up on him is when he finally breaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also the minute that Matt Nagy was not uh, coaching the team. Uh, right. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a coincidence or if. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, clearly Justin Fields has been woefully underutilized as a rusher. I mean, we saw in this game what he's capable of doing with his legs when given the opportunity. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I. I wasn't sure that they were going to draw up a lot of plays from him, but I uh, running the ball. But I just thought over the course of the season he would improvise and have to sort of scramble and make plays with his legs more often, uh, and that didn't happen uh, up until this last game. So, right. um, you know, hopefully now they they recognize that that's something they need to do mm-hmm. that they need to make that more of the offense to like get him um you know to drop r- designed runs for him but also to just give him the opportunity to roll out of the pocket and try to make plays um mm-hmm. you know on the move um with his feet or his arm um because mm-hmm. i think he's capable very capable of doing that uh, i uh, i'm you know i again think he's a high upside stash um i you know i i wouldn't say he's a trustworthy streamer this week at pittsburgh though right yeah no this is this is a difficult um week uh what about in terms of kind of moving forward i know we've we've talked about field is kind of a a stash guy um but say what about this week are you are you buying like a tua against houston this week do you think he's a good streamer option or maybe something like a teddy bridgewater versus dallas to me those are both um i think uh decent options um i know you're not the biggest tua fan um, I'm not, but I yeah. this is I think he is definitely um, 
you know, as far as like streamers, I think he's probably the best option this week because mm-hmm. um, he's facing the Texans. Right. So, uh, and over the last, you know, it's been pretty predictable with Tua. He's played well against bad defenses and poorly against good defenses. So, <laughs> this this is a bad defense. Right? I yeah. think he can. I think he can have success against them. Yeah. Um, as long as he's not traded uh, before the mm-hmm. game. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's like if you want like. Um, a rest of season starter get Taysom Hill. If you want to stash somebody, take Deshaun Watson or Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're streaming every you know every week, then mm-hmm. you look at Tua because there's not a lot of now. great streamer options this week. I think. no, there aren't. Um, do you? Uh, what about this? Is probably really early, but I and probably only in uh, kind of two quarterback leagues, but a Minshew stash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a two quarterback league, sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I, there, there did, there was a report last week um, that Minshew could uh, get some starts towards he, the end. He was of the active season. last week for the first time, and I think he was in yeah. like a play or two. <laughs> well, but that's because they were you know. crushing Detroit. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually think last week probably built uh, hurts a little bit more job security. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. This would be a late season. Uh, thing where they pull the plug on Hurts yeah. if they fall out of the playoff hunt and they just want to get a look at Minshew. This has been what I've been saying from the beginning of the season. This was one of my bold predictions mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year that uh, that the Eagles might get to a point where they uh, where they want to take a look at Minshew because they just they've seen enough from Hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I do think that it's possible that we get to that point at yeah. some point this season. So in a super flex league, you know, I think you're probably looking at at least a month of just kind of patiently waiting mm-hmm. and and there may not be a payoff but right. it's hard to get quarterbacks in super flex so uh, you know I if know. you're really struggling there i could see it i guess yeah yeah and i um, think that's i mean do you have anyone else to talk about for quarterbacks no i mean my next yeah. option after two of for streaming would probably be danny dimes <laughs> okay. uh Who's you know he's at 51 percent rostered okay. and he gets the raiders um okay. so i don't know i it, i'm not enthusiastic at all about it i think you know, if Tua is clearly my top streamer, he tells you what you need to know about streamers this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would actually, I would maybe rather prefer like Bridgewater at Dallas over, over. Yeah, uh, Bridgewater has just been. I know he's and been it's, really bad lately. It's, I know, I know, but you know. Um, and Dallas's defense is much improved. Also, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that, that defense is no joke anymore. So, yeah. um, I, I, I can see it. I mean, I'm my 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 endorsement of. Daniel Jones was very uh, unenthusiastic. So, if you're stuck there, you know it's that's it's kind of a coin flip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's so, move on to running back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what, were you going to say something? I was going to say else? there's a, there's a ton of stuff like for running back. So I was going to have you lead off since you are the running back guru of this duo here. Um, oh my god, I feel like there's so much to talk about ton. with running there's backs a ton. this week. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Let's let let let's get at it, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing we need to do, Lauren, is that we need to we need to get into Doc Brown's time machine, <laughs> and we need to go back to 2007 uh-huh. or something like that, mm-hmm. because most of the best most of the top pickups this week are blasts from the past. It's vintage. We've got it's vintage. We've week. got Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. uh, who is now presumably going to be. The starting running back for Tennessee, unless he never they... goes away, Andrew. He's always there. You, you, he just never goes away. <laughs> he's a legend. He really is. I love AP. I mean, you know, he's obviously not 
clearly he's not not the player he once was. Although on Twitter, uh, I did see somebody posted like um, throwback, like some of Adrian Peterson's best runs, and he responded to the tweet and said, "I think I can still do all of that." <laughs> so clearly, he's not lacking confidence. Right. Um, yep. You know, I, and it's a great situation with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that they this is a team that can run the football. You know. Um, and they have uh, obviously a, a a threat of the passing game that can open up running lanes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, I, very few running backs play the bell cow role that Derrick Henry was playing, mm-hmm. and I'm not convinced that Adrian Peterson is going to carry the ball 25 to 30 times a game like Derrick Henry was doing. So mm-hmm. uh, it could be a little bit of a committee. Uh, Jeremy McNichols is the mm-hmm. passing down back in Tennessee, and, you know, Darrington Evans is out for the season uh, along with Henry. Um, so I guess, well, I will say Henry could return uh, in week mm-hmm. 16 just in time for fantasy championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I w- you know, I wouldn't count on it, yeah. but it's possible. Yeah. Um, definitely stash him on IR if you have an IR spot. Don't drop him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Peterson, you know, I don't know. I think he could maybe do – you know, give you low end RB two kind of production just based on volume, mm-hmm. um, and and being in a good environment. But you know, I do think there might be some people that go a little bit overboard on AP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think you're right. I think he does kind of uh, jump up into that RB two uh, territory. But he is also older. He's not the same kind of runner, and I I don't think that they can just kind of rely on him um to the extent that they did you know with with Henry and I am kind of curious to see how this offense does move forward because I don't think you can you know kind of put everything on Adrian Peterson I don't think you can put everything on AJ Brown either and I think you're gonna have to have some sort of other pass catcher step up I think um because Julio Jones hasn't kind of been around and so I'm curious though to see how they how this I don't know how how the Titans move forward I guess um but yeah I don't I think that there will be more of a um, a little bit of a timeshare. I mean, Jeremy McNichols is more of the, of the passing catch back, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, well, that's it. I mean, that's yeah. the question. Also, is like, does the does the identity of the team have to change? Do they have to go more pass heavy because uh, they don't have a great defense, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, they're going to have to score points to win games. They're not going to win games like fourteen to twelve, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I'm not sure that you know, handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson 25 times is going to uh, result in enough points for this team. They may have to start leaning more on A.J. Brown and mm-hmm. and hopefully Julio Jones. I mean, this could be good news, actually, for Ryan Tannehill um, yeah. in terms of his fantasy value. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's it, that's an open question. But mm-hmm. I do think we will see, if, if they go more pass-heavy, that's also good news for McNichols. I think that... Yeah. There's a potential that he maybe has kind of like a J.D. McKissick kind of a role, mm-hmm. um, which would give him some like RB3 flex appeal in favorable matchups, mm-hmm. especially in PPR. Yeah. But um, but I think that's that's kind of like his ceiling, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, you know, I mentioned the time machine. It's not just Adrian Peterson because mm-hmm. uh, we've got, you know, this guy got dropped a bit in over the bye, but Latavius Murray, I think, is still likely to be the starting running back for mm-hmm. Baltimore coming out of their bye. So he's my number two pickup at running back behind AP. Okay. Uh, Mark Ingram 
was traded to the Saints <laughs> last week and yeah. got his feet wet last uh, last Sunday. But yeah. um, you know, I think especially with Jameis Winston out and Taysom Hill in at quarterback, I think Mark Ingram's role is going to grow. Uh, and I think this improves his chances of pri- providing some flex value each week. Um, plus, he's, of course, a, a great handcuff for Alvin Kamara. So mm-hmm. I like Ingram a lot as a pickup as well. Mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde uh, is back in our lives. <laughs> because Listen to James all these Robinson. names here. <laughs> I know. And I haven't even got to Jordan Howard yet. Uh, <laughs> so Carlos Hyde, you know, James Robinson has a bruised heel. It sounds like he's avoided a serious injury, which is good news um but he still may miss a game or two Mm -hmm. uh and carlos hyde wouldn't be a a phenomenal play they're playing buffalo this week the number one defense in the league uh but you know you'll have more luck running the ball against buffalo than passing against them so i could see if if robinson's out i could see hyde having a very heavy workload Mm -hmm. uh in, in uh that matchup um so maybe he volumes his way to low-end rb2 numbers uh mm-hmm. for a week or two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um do you so do you what do you think about those guys how would you prioritize um those players or is there someone else that you prefer um no i think i'm with you definitely with the the uh with ap uh latavius murray i still think you know that backfield i feel it's still it's it's a little question marky for me. I I feel it's still split kind of like three ways and you just don't really know. And it's, I I don't know. I know it's just like this great offense to be on, but I just don't necessarily, um, I don't know how much I, how much I trust it. Um, But I think kind of with kind of this week, uh, especially, or maybe two weeks, like you said, I do like the Carlos Hyde move. Um, Do you, now I guess, do you like, those guys better than say like you know looking at the eagles this past week now it was kind of a it's maybe not the best game to evaluate this but with their running backs where you know you had you know scott and jordan howard um they essentially had the same amount of carries they both scored two Mm -hmm. touchdowns um but again i you know they were playing the lions and so if maybe you have kind of a kind of a stiffer opponent um it's you you think that Jordan Howard say over Boston Scott is is the way to go? No, no, no. I okay. think Boston Scott okay. is the better pickup of the two by far, actually. Because okay. um, I would maybe I, put Boston Scott above Latavius Murray. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, okay. I well, so for me, here's the way I look at it: mm-hmm. Latavius Murray is clearly, when healthy, he is clearly the lead back for Baltimore. Uh, I mean, that's the way that they. We saw this for multiple weeks um, that he was their lead back. Now it is a little bit of a committee, um, but he's the one that um, you know played the vast majority of the snaps in week four and week five uh, and week six before he got injured. So, like he was operating as their lead back. Uh, I understand it's it's not like the most sexy, exciting situation because even though they are a team that can run the ball. Um, the Ravens are much more pass happy this season. And a lot of their rushing production has really come from Lamar Jackson. So it's not like they're putting up epic rushing numbers with their running backs or anything like that. But I feel like every week that uh, Latavius Murray is healthy and going into the game as their starting running back, mm-hmm. he's a pretty good bet to get like 50 to 70 yards and a touchdown. So that has some okay. value, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
I feel like that's a similar thing to what Mark Ingram can provide as well. Like those, they're not sexy names, but they're just like going to be on that like RB two, RB three borderline each week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that has value, especially because I feel like it's sustainable over the, over the course of the season. Whereas like Carlos Hyde is like a one week play. Uh, Boston Scott looked good, but um, this is still a, a, a committee. I mean, um, he played 45% of the snaps. Uh, Jordan Howard played like 25%. Like uh, Kenneth Gainwell played like 30%. Um, now, this was a blowout, and Kenneth yeah, Gainwell, Gainwell surprisingly. Came off the end, though, right? Yeah, he was like, the, he was definitely third mm-hmm. on the depth chart for this game. But again, they were playing Detroit. They were dominating. Um, you know, I think Gainwell is probably still. Um, gonna he's gonna get more action in games where they're behind, because mm-hmm. um, he's their best pass catching back. I mean, Boston Scott's a capable pass catching back too. Jordan Howard is not. Um, so you know, I I like Boston Scott the best of the three. I would actually prefer Gainwell to Howard still, um, just because I think he's the guy that will be the best in games where they're behind and have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, keep in mind, this is the team that has run the ball with their running backs the least of any team in the league, uh, or at least coming into this game, that was the case. Um, mm. So, you know, I don't think we can expect huge carry numbers typically. I mean, even in this game, Scott and Howard only each got 12 carries, and that's in the perfect game script against a terrible defense when they're winning by lots of, like, double-digit points the whole game, basically, mm. you know, so... Um, I think it's going to be messy. Uh, Miles Sanders is on IR, but he can come back in two weeks too. So I think it's still also kind of a short-term play. So long story short, I'm not that enthusiastic about any of the Eagles running backs. If I'm taking one, it's Boston Scott right now. But, um, you know, it. I, it, it, it's it's more of a stash. Like I don't, yeah. I, I don't love like throwing them right in. Although they do get the Chargers this week, which is another mm-hmm. really favorable matchup. That team is really bad at defending the run uh, and they're great against the pass. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Scott is like an RB3 flex this week, um, but I don't see a lot of like long-term value there. Mm-hmm. Would be, I am interested in uh, Jarrett Patterson. I mean, he, he you know, with, with Washington, he did lead the team in rushing yards last week. Um, I don't know if we are starting to see kind of a, a change over or just maybe more volume for him with, with Antonio Gibson. I mean, cause it looks like, you know, Jaden McKissick just has his, his consistent role, you know, which is mm-hmm. kind of that pass catching uh, back two minute drill sort of stuff. But um, I, you know, I don't know. Do you think that we're, we could be seeing more of, of a more volume with Jarrett Patterson moving forward? Cause I think that he's kind of an intriguing guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eh? I, I think that, no, no, I think he's, okay. I agree, he's intriguing. I, I would just say they're going on by this week. Oh, um, right. yeah. So I think that you could probably, it depends on your league, like how deep your benches are and things like that. But I think he's one of those players, if you want to be sneaky about it, you could probably leave him on waivers for this week and then try to pick him up. Yeah, I forgot um, like, on by. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes like what I like to do, honestly, in like a Yahoo league or something like that, is you can pick a guy up on by like, on Sunday night or on Monday mm-hmm. or something like that. So, you know, I'm, he's the kind of player I might do something like that with. Um, mm-hmm. I think it will require a little bit of patience with Patterson. What I think the ultimate situation is, is I, 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 I still believe that once they're out of playoff contention, like once they're actually eliminated from the playoffs, I think they'll just shut Antonio Gibson down. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, Jarrett Patterson will become like their primary early down 
back, although McKissick is still going to play like close to 50% of the snaps. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I am intrigued by Patterson, but I don't feel like he's a must stash right now. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. I forgot they were on by, but, um, yeah. can I ask you about Rashad Penny? Cause he seemed to have, uh, I forget, I forget what the carries, uh, I think it's ha- uh, the rushing attempts were. I think it was, um, it was like 10. I think he had like seven, seven carries or something and, yeah. like that. Now he didn't, yeah. it didn't like show up in the stat line or anything, but in terms of maybe getting, again, maybe getting, um, some volume, it looks like Chris Carson, I, that doesn't look like very promising. And so, uh, between Alex Collins and, um, I mean, obviously you want Alex Collins, but do you think that maybe they'll mix in Rashad Penny a little bit more or not so much? Well, this is kind of a mess. I So Chris Carson actually said he wants to return to practice this week. Mm-hmm. And Pete Carroll was the one who relayed that information. And we know that Pete Carroll is not credible talking about injuries. Uh, he's the ultimate like glasses half full guy talking about injuries. Um, so... Chris Carson could return in week nine or he could be out for the season. Like we really have no idea. It's a neck issue. It's a long-term condition. It's a pain tolerance issue. It's all these things that are incredibly vague. <laughs> um, so, you know, I- I'm not just, unless like Chris Carson is ruled out for the entire season. Uh, I I'm a little less enthusiastic about Rashad Penny um, just because that's just one more reason that he may not pay off. I mean, I think Alex Collins is clearly ahead of Rashad Penny in the packing order. I also think he's clearly better than Rashad Penny. I, I've never been a Rashad Penny guy. I have Chris Carson and Alex Collins in my dynasty league for that very reason. Cause I was betting against Rashad Penny from the time he was drafted. Um, so, you know, Rashad Penny has something like 13 carries for 13 yards in the last two weeks or something like that. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think this offense until Russell Wilson gets back is there's not much upside to be found yeah. uh, there. Um, so, you know, I, I, for those reasons, Penny is not like a huge priority stash for me. I mm-hmm. do think that like if Carson is out for the season and if Russell Wilson can come back uh, and you know, there was a quote from Carroll saying, like, you know, he he was in, excited about Collins and Penny as a one-two punch. So maybe, um, you know, maybe that means that Penny will have a more sustainable role for the rest of the season. But um, I, I just think there's a lot of ifs there, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then some other guys. You know, I think Jeff Wilson mm-hmm. is an interesting stash with the 49ers. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is looking great. Um, he has 300 yard games already. Um, this is what you get when you have a San Francisco back getting a lot of work. You get great numbers. It's consistent in every Kyle Shanahan offense. But mm-hmm. um, Mitchell is dealing with a rib injury right now. Uh, Wilson was just um, his his window of 21 days to return from injured reserve was just started, so he should be back sometime in the next three weeks. Um, you know, initially. Uh, I had heard he was expected back by now, and then it came out that he was not due back until late November. And so now now they're saying it's, you know, I saw something from a beat writer for the 49ers saying, like, it's unclear whether he can come back this week. Hmm. Uh, based on everything I had read before, I'd be shocked if he came back this week. Um, but, you know, sometime in the next three weeks, he, he should be able to come back. Uh, I think Mitchell has done enough to... to be the starter even once Wilson is back um but you know he becomes a very high upside 
handcuff um, once he is back. So, uh, you know, he's kind of in that Jarrett Patterson class of like, be patient and stash them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me. No, I think Wilson's like a much kind of, you know, better. St- well, no, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that if, I think that he's a really good stash, especially if he's, he's uh, kind of, if he's coming back, you want to be on that team. Um, and I think that, do you think that he would kind of step in as, as the number two? Um, if he's, I think ready to go. Yeah, I think he probably would. I mean, mm-hmm. Jamichael Hasty has looked good um, in limited work and I think he's doing a nice job, particularly in the passing game. So um, it might be one of those situations where uh, Wilson kind of gets eased in and maybe like um, he becomes more of like the pure backup to um, Mitchell rather than like taking on Hasty's role. Like maybe Hasty just maintains a role where he plays like a third of the snaps in the obvious passing down situations. And um, Wilson is more just like sprinkled in behind uh, Mitchell and then like if Mitchell were to get hurt then Wilson becomes like the guy you know yeah 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 um but you know it's always a roller coaster with for- the 49ers but if you have if you happen to have their starting the running back guy, in a given week you, you yeah. have basically an RB1 <laughs> you know yeah so, yeah yeah um, and then one other name I do want to throw out. Well, actually, there's a few, but uh, Ty Johnson. I, I'm going to give you some props on this one, Lauren. You were very much on top of um, check down Mike White and him liking to throw to the running backs mm-hmm. um, in that that game two weeks ago. He did it again mm-hmm. last week. So, yeah. um, you know, I know everyone is very excited about Michael Carter, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. Um, but jo- Ty Johnson has also sort of carved out a role, particularly in the passing game, that gives him some sort of RB3 flex appeal in PPR leagues, I would say. Yeah, I think especially because he was, I have him on the list too. I think especially with Mike White under center, um, I, I believe he's had like, I think he's had 13 um, targets in the past two weeks. And this is just where Mike White is throwing. And um, so I think that there's value, um, especially kind of immediate in the short term with, with Mike White under center. Um, so mm-hmm. I do, I do think that that is a good call. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I did mention Derek Gore, who drove me crazy because I have Daryl Williams. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if this was like a situation where the Chiefs were just like showcasing him for a, for a trade. Like maybe he gets traded today. Um, you know, I think um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire should be back pretty soon. And then once he's back, uh, I think it's going to be CEH and Daryl Williams, who are the main backs there. I, so I don't really see... Uh, a path forward for Gore, but he mm-hmm. did look pretty good in limited work and maybe it gets him moved or maybe who knows. Uh, it's not like CEH and Daryl Williams are like, you know, all pros or anything like that. Right. So um, maybe he can fight his way into more touches going forward. I think he's a very kind of speculative stash at this point. So he's mm-hmm. kind of at the bottom of my list, but, um, but he is a name that's at least worth monitoring. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say, of all the names I mentioned, if you don't need a plug and play option, like mm-hmm. if you're just if your start if your starters are set and you're just going for pure like up, lottery ticket upside, it's all about those high upside backups. It's all about Alexander Madison, Sony Michelle. I'll even throw Ronald Jones in there too. I think any of those yeah. guys, like if the starter goes down, they're RB ones. So uh that's that's a pretty good place to be, you know. I, yeah. I love having guys like that on my bench, and I would rather stash guys like that than uh, chasing after like a, you know, Jordan Howard or a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a Jared Patterson or something. I actually think that um, 
that those other those those high upside backups might might be the way to go. Yeah, and I think you know to to name one, and we've talked about him a couple times, but you know Sony Michelle. You know, I mean, I, I think that you know if something were to happen to Daryl Henderson, I mean that is like the prime. Uh, and he, you know, that's kind of like the prime offense. And mm-hmm. um, I think that he was dropped um, because uh, earlier, I think a couple of weeks ago, he was dropped. He was sitting around kind of 50%. He's more at 35% now. But I think that he's he's someone that I think is a good stash in terms of kind of, uh, you know, upside if, if the main guy goes down. Yeah. I mean, just look at, I mean, look at Madison, Michelle, and Jones. They're all... Um, the direct backup to RB1 type of players mm-hmm. in really good offenses. And we've already seen before when given the opportunity, they, they can produce, you know. So mm-hmm. these guys are proven commodities in very favorable situations who are one injury away from a ton of fantasy value. Right. Yeah. All right. Moving on to wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I'm a little like less excited about the wide receiver pickups this week than about the running backs, but there are some good names there. Um, who's your favorite uh, pickup at wide receiver? Um, you know, I like Devontae Parker. Um, yep. He's 35% rostered. Uh, he came back last week, had a good game. Um, I think he had 11 targets for 85 yards. Um, you know, he Waddle was still involved. Waddle's always going to be involved, but uh, Parker was a little bit more efficient in terms of uh, catching his passes last week. Um, and I think that he ended up um, kind of taking away some work from Mike Gesicki, who's who's seen a ton of volume um, so far this season. Uh, they get a really good matchup this week, too, against Houston. So um, I, I really like him. Um, I, yep. You know I've been on him for like a mm-hmm, month now. Mm-hmm. I've He was like my top pickup like two or three weeks in a row and then mm-hmm. he kept missing games like the hamstring just kind of lingered mm-hmm. uh, but then he finally got back last week and actually put up good numbers in a really really tough matchup so yeah. now that he gets houston i think he's definitely a, a high upside wide receiver three this week yeah i think and actually we i think we had talked about this last week where i was like well i think you know maybe gasecki is going to be more of the security blanket because i didn't think that they'd be able to move the ball a ton um and um you're like oh interesting because i like parker <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no uh, I, part, your yeah, I picked him up so one. many times this, yeah. this season i think i've already picked him up like eight times and across my different leagues yeah i mean to me he's kind of like the clear i don't think that there are a lot of great wide receiver uh, uh picks pickups this week but to me i think he's kind of kind of far and ahead the the, the number one guy um mm-hmm. i agree you, you know i think uh we've we've also talked about you know michael gallup at at some point he's another week closer to possibly coming back um and he could be uh worth an ad um jamal agnew is kind of interesting you know i mean this is a very tough week to kind of roster jamal agnew because they are playing jackson's playing uh, buffalo this week and um but he has seen at least target uh, six targets in the last uh, three weeks and he scored a touchdown last week uh but again this is a this is a, a maybe a tough week to roster him um yeah it's funny it's know, like uh-huh. the the jaguars just really want to make jamal agnew a thing like mm-hmm. they've made it clear uh they want him to be a thing and mm-hmm. uh it that's you know, I it, it, I think all the people that have LaVisca Chenault mm-hmm. um, are probably more likely to get the, the value that they were hoping to get from LaVisca Chenault. They might be more likely to get from Jamal yeah. Agnew, as gross I, as that is. Yeah, I mean, I think LaVisca's value has kind of gone down a little bit. And um, I, yeah, it's at the expense of Jamal Agnew. And um, yeah, 
so I, you know, I think moving forward, it, it, I think he's definitely, I mean, he's only rostered in 2% of, of uh, Yahoo leagues. So I think he's definitely worth, worth the shot. Um, but again, tough matchup this week. Um, what do you think of, and this is, I don't know, just with San Francisco, uh, Debo has a li- maybe dealing with a little bit of a calf issue, calf issue, calf injury. Are you, are you buying into Brandon Ayuk? He's, he's <laughs> rostered in 51% of leagues. I'm kind of inclined to s- stay away, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. What do you think? I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. I'm intrigued. I, yeah. Uh, Jared Smola had a tweet pointing out that um, Ayuk had a season high snap rate, root rate, and target share it last week. It has been increasing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we know that his talent is very high end i mean he was like a wide receiver one for a large stretch of the season last year mm-hmm. um you know i i do think that if debo is um able to play through this injury which it seems like he probably will be and kittle is going to be back kittle soon too back. um it could it could be I, I still don't think this passing game is supporting three mm-hmm. fantasy uh, starters. So mm-hmm. um, I think Ayuk is probably the odd man out when all three are healthy, but um, you know, Kittle's not back yet and Debo is dealing with an injury. So I don't mind stashing Ayuk and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like he has a ton of upside. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. I but you know, there's some other young guys that, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we've talked about these guys before, but Darnell Mooney and Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman, um, you know, the fact that, Fields seemed to take a step forward last week has me, you know, the same thing I was talking about with Fields where I was a believer and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I kind of lost faith and now I'm kind of hesitant, you know, reluctantly kind of jumping back on the bandwagon. It's the same thing with Mooney. I mean, um, if Fields can find his groove, I think that's really good news for Mooney because mm-hmm. he, like you mentioned earlier, has basically stepped ahead of Allen Robinson in terms of uh, um, target share this yeah. season in, in uh, Chicago. So, um, that's a little bit of uh, intrigue uh, for rest of season value for Mooney. I think there's still a potential breakout that could happen there. Uh, and then same thing with Bateman. I mean, um, typically I would say the same thing about the Ravens that I said about the 49ers, like that I wouldn't expect them to be able to support three fantasy starters um, mm-hmm. uh, in the passing game. But uh, they are way more pass happy this season. They, Like we said yeah. when we were talking about Latavius Murray, they don't really have a, a consistent running game. Uh, outside of Lamar Jackson himself. So, uh, and I think Lamar has just become more confident as a passer, particularly down the field. Um, and Bateman is a pristine root runner. He's a really talented root runner coming out of college. Um, and uh, he, you know, had a mini breakout before their bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he can kind of keep it going. I'm curious to see uh, what Sammy Watkins returning will do to his snaps, but as long as he stays ahead of Watkins on the depth chart. I think he's got a shot to produce uh, wide receiver three type of value. And then if there ever was an injury to a Mark Andrews or a Marquise Brown, then I think you could see a true breakout. Yeah, I mean, and the thing with, with Bateman is that, you know, the Ravens want him involved and they've, you know, right out of the gate, you know, from week six or whatever when he when he came back, you know, it's like he's, you know, they're targeting him. They want him involved. Um, I think he's an important piece for them moving forward, whether it's, you know, kind of the, the back half of this year, but certainly kind of years down the road. So um, I think he'll be an important piece to this uh, Ravens offense. Yeah. And I also just, you know, if it's, if, unless you're playing like a one week streamer, like in a great matchup, Mm -hmm. I kind of like stashing these younger receivers that have that breakout potential, you know? So I feel Mm -hmm. like guys like Mooney and Bateman and Ayuk, like they could, 
burst onto the scene and become really valuable fantasy commodities. Unlike a guy like Jamal Agnew, like who's, you know, going to have like a higher floor, but um, there's not a ton of upside there, you know? Um, I, although I will say, in 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 uh, in favor of high floor, Hunter Renfro is still only forty two percent rostered. Still crazy, but yeah, I know. I mean, I think especially with them on buy too, yeah. it dropped down below fifty again. But because mm-hmm. uh, he's the quintessential player that people, when they're in a roster crunch, they're like, yeah, you know, I could do without Hunter Renfro. That'll be mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think he gets dropped in a lot of leagues for that reason. But uh, he should definitely get picked back up. They mm-hmm. get the Giants this week. Um, I, you know, he's going to catch seven passes for yeah. 70 yards, you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. in PPR, that's, that's valuable, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't usually recommend a player right after they had a gopher, a zero yard game, but Russell Gage, um, mm-hmm. given everything mm-hmm. that's going on with Calvin Ridley, it, um, you know, it sounds like Ridley, uh, let's hope he, he, um, he gets, uh, his mental health in order and figures out what he needs to figure out, um, for life purposes, not just for football, but, um, you know, I think that in the meantime, as as long as Ridley is out, Gage is the de facto number one wide receiver uh, for the Falcons. Because, I mean, Cordell Patterson is more of a running back at this point. And, uh, you know, of course, Kyle Pitts is probably their true number one pass catcher. But yeah. there's definitely a big um, hole to fill. And I think right. Gage is the, you know, even though he didn't do anything last week, um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't rule him out just based on one game because he still led all of their wide receivers and snaps mm-hmm. um you know i think he is still their number one receiver Ty, tajay sharp and yeah. omidis uh, Kaius yeah. aren't gonna overtake yeah. him i don't think so yeah. um i think they're still like especially in games where they they have shootouts i think gage could end up having some nice games i you know i wouldn't start him this week against new orleans that's a really really tough matchup but um, in games where they're facing bad defenses, I think he could absolutely be a wide receiver three. Yeah, I think that's too. Do you and what are what are your thoughts on Tajay Sharp? Do you think he's, um, <clears throat> do you think that he's going to be kind of a little bit more, uh, I guess, a more part of this offense now? Do you think with Ridley going forward, or do you think it is more Gage? Just... I, I I guess my my current feeling is that Gage is the one who gets kind of like the Ridley opportunities and, and sharp gets the gauge opportunities, if that makes sense. So, um, so I prefer gauge of the two, but, um, you know, we need to see more, um, Mm -hmm. cause it, you know, maybe gauge stays in, in his existing role and it's sharp that ends up taking on, uh, Ridley's, um, you know, uh, role in the offense, not to say he's going to have the production that Ridley had or anything like that, but maybe, you know, he, he lines up, where Ridley was lining up and mm-hmm. that, that maybe that's a better fantasy situation than, than Gage's role. It's mm-hmm. possible, but I, um, we'll, we'll just, we'll need to see a little more data on it, but for now I'm, I'm leaning Gage over sharp. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Um, and then, you know, we should talk about the Packers situation because, uh, Alan Lazard was cleared from the COVID list cause he was a close contact, but Devonte Adams as of now is still on the COVID list. He actually tested positive for COVID. So he'll need to have, two straight negative tests before getting cleared. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I expect Adams to be back this week, but this is a pandemic, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, we can't, we if we learned anything, we can't really predict what's going to happen with COVID. So, um, you know, some, some people unfortunately have more serious bouts with it and it lasts longer and mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of information about uh, Adams's status. So, um, yeah, you know, I think until as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think until 
Adams gets cleared, I think Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard are probably worth rostering because mm-hmm. um, if there's no Tunyon and no Adams, uh, I think Lazard and Cobb would both be at, at worst wide receiver three options um, in this matchup this week against Kansas City. Um, and I think oh, yeah. it's quite possible they, they're even better than that. So, um, so I think, uh, you know, I think we wait and see there. Um, if, if Adams comes back and they trade for Evan Ingram, then, you know, those guys become a lot less exciting. But uh, as of right now, um, I think they should be rostered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, that's a good point. I, for, I forgot about that. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will throw out a couple more names just mm-hmm. for to be complete here. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamison Crowder had a nice game last week. Um, you know, uh, Mike White probably isn't going to throw for 400 yards every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, Corey Davis uh, may be able to return this week. But um, – Crowder is just one of those guys. He's you, you talked about survivors. You know, he's a survivor too. Mm-hmm. He just always seems to um, border in that fantasy relevant um, periphery. Um, you know, just a, he's just a very solid player. You know, mm-hmm. uh, real life player, and I think um, it just sometimes sets up where he can get double digit targets, and he'll you know you know he's going to catch most of the balls that are thrown his way. So, uh, particularly in PPR, I think he's got a little bit of. Uh, flex value mm-hmm. yeah and then me and then me hardman you know i know everyone loves to hate on me hardman <laughs> but uh i think he's pretty clearly um you know even though the chiefs are struggling he he's kind of taking a little step forward as the rest of the offense is struggling um you know i think uh he's he's put up at least 60 yards i believe in three of the last four games um mm-hmm. They're, they're designing more plays to get him the ball. Like he's run some end arounds and uh, shovel passes and things like that. Um, they're trying to take advantage of his speed more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually that's the one thing that the Kansas city passing game seems to be doing well right now is these short passes to Tyreek Hill and Hardman where they, you can take advantage of their speed and they can get out in space and make plays, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it's working right for them right now. And I think that that means that, that Hardman is, a decent wide receiver three uh, kind of an option for now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I would say like, are you with um, you kind of thinking about uh, um, trades and stuff, you know, I forgot that the Rams have decided that they uh, would, they talked to Deshaun Jackson and I think they were mm-hmm. maybe trying to work out a trade with him. I think yep. in terms of just a pure stash, you know, I think that um, and kind of a high upside stash, like what Andrew was talking about, you know, with uh, these running backs. You know, Van Jefferson, I think, is kind of an interesting name because he's been um, essentially playing the same amount of snaps and routes as uh, Cup and Woods. He just doesn't um, he just isn't getting as many targets. Um, but if if one of those guys were to go down, if Deshaun Jackson is no longer um, playing for the team, you know, he just I think his value instantly skyrockets. So I think that he's just someone to kind of monitor as well. Um, or if you have the room, I don't think it's uh, a bad idea to kind of, you know, take a Van Jefferson flyer. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I think we usually think of these handcuffs um, in terms of running backs, but mm-hmm. sometimes there's these wide receiver handcuffs that also have quite a lot of uh value i mean wide receiver injuries are less frequent but they do happen mm-hmm. and um i agree like if if either of their t- top two receivers got hurt i mean deshaun jackson just doesn't even matter at this mm-hmm. point i mean van that's the reason that they're, they're shopping him is because van jefferson is clearly uh 
surpassed him on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, an injury to Woods or Cup, and they're going to need Van Jefferson to do a lot more than he is doing right now. Yeah. Um, and that's similar to Hardman. You know, I think mm-hmm. Hardman, in addition to his flex value, is also a great handcuff for Tyree Kill. You know, if Tyree right. Kill's quad injury, you know, gets reaggravated or something, Hardman mm-hmm. would step into his role in the offense and have yeah. a lot of upside. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's move on to tight ends now. Um, you know, I my favorite guy last week um, yeah. is looking – he's trending up, uh, yeah. Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really did believe that he would step into um, a lot of the vacated targets from Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Fryermuth is the kind of tight end that you're excited to roster because he is good. I mean, he can make plays. He's physically uh, – people are calling him Baby Gronk, you know. Um <laughs> So, you know, I like having a player like that. I like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is a team that throws the ball a lot because they can't really run the ball very effectively. And Ben Roethlisberger uh, doesn't have a great arm, so he's not throwing the ball deep down the field either. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is a good setup for the tight end to get a lot of targets and make a lot of plays. I think Fryermuth has a lot of red zone ability too. So uh, he's my number one pickup at tight end. I think think he's the kind of – guy that could emerge as like a top 12 tight end for the rest of the season Mm -hmm. yeah no I wholeheartedly agree here and I think that you know he's had these seven targets in back-to-back games he scored a touchdown last week um but yeah I think in terms of we've talked about it before like who is going to kind of step up um and fill the void left by Juju and so far it's been Fryermuth and he's only rostered in 10 percent of Yahoo leagues and so he's he's probably out there on your waiver wire and um it's I think tough to find a tight end that you can you know kind of rely on consistently for volume and I think that uh Pat Pat Fryermuth is one of these tight ends that you can do that with so yeah he's I think you know definitely kind of the first uh top tight end ad this week I think so I'm with you Uh, yep all right well you know I you know that's what I think um and then I I just moved Evan Ingram up to number two on my list because uh, I just read there is a report that the Packers have interest in Evan Ingram. Mm. Uh, I just think that, you know, we can never assume a trade will definitely happen, but this one just seems to make a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just, I feel like Evan Ingram in Green Bay, there's just a lot of upside there. So even though we all know Evan Ingram's warts, uh, he's probably <laughs> still going to drop half of the passes thrown towards him. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers will get really frustrated and make that face that he <laughs> makes. Get that stare, uh, that crazy stare. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it can make for some good television, <laughs> I think. But um, but I also think that Ingram can make some big plays in that offense. Um, you know, we saw what uh, Tunyon can do, uh, you know, the, the upside Tunyon had. Mm-hmm. And I think Ingram would have that upside as mm-hmm. well. So uh, he's moved up to my number two. Uh, mm-hmm. pick up at tight end um, I also really do like Tyler Conklin a lot I mm-hmm. you know I think he is clearly um, the, the number three passing game target in uh, in Minnesota I think he's ahead of Osborne uh, in that regard um, and you know Kirk Cousins can be frustrating at times but he can also have some good games and uh, I think in games where Minnesota has success through the passing game you're going to see Conklin uh, quite involved in that yeah, I think that they, um, you know, that narrow target tree in Minnesota. I think they want him um, involved. He does get he does get volume. He doesn't always um, find the end zone, but uh, he definitely is involved in the passing game. Um, and you know, 
I would also add kind of fourth to this list. Um, uh, let me guess. Oh, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they uh, since he was since Jacksonville traded for him, you know, they uh, you know, he doesn't get like a super, super strong amount of targets, but they do want him involved. He has 23 targets in the past three weeks. Um, you know, this matchup, you know, they're they're playing the Bills this week, so I think it's it is a tough matchup. But I also think that matchups like this, where I think it's tough to move the ball, um, does tend to sometimes favor the uh, the tight ends, and especially with a rookie quarterback, you know, Trevor Lawrence may want to be looking to uh, Arnold maybe a little bit more um, than he normally would. But they have tried to uh, get him involved. They they want him as part of this this offense, and um, so I would say that about Dan Arnold, and you know, Washington is. Yeah. Oh, go on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, um, he got 10 targets last week. And mm-hmm. you, it's just finding tight ends that can realistically get 10 targets in a game. There aren't there aren't many of them, you know. But I feel like between Fryermuth, Ingram, Conklin, and Arnold, those are all pretty solid uh, mm-hmm. pickups. And it shows you, um, after, like, the top five or so at tight end, it's, it's really a crapshoot. I think these guys, you know, it's like we – Every week we we rank uh, Tyler Higby and Noah Fant and guys like this uh, very highly. Often they don't do anything, you know. Especially Higby. Mm-hmm. Like, do we really? You know, I was thinking about trading for Higby in in one of my leagues, and is he really going to be better than these guys? I'm not so sure about that. So, yeah. um, I think you know, I think when it gets when you get outside of the top five or at least the top eight tight ends, it becomes. Uh, you're looking for guys whose usage is trending in the right direction. And I think the, you can say that about these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, I was going to say that, uh, yes, Washington is on its uh, bye week this week. Uh, but Logan Thomas may be coming back um, in week 10, and he's 52% rostered. Mm. Um, they like to use uh, their tight ends in Washington. And um, I think that if if he comes back in week 10, um, he's definitely – I think he's, he's easily like a top 12, top 10 uh, tight end and uh, given their volume. And he is a worthy stash, I think. If if you have the room yeah, do to you, do it a little bit early, you should do that. Yeah. Do you think, though, that um, it might turn into like a little bit of a tight end committee there? Because Ricky Seals-Jones has played very well in his absence. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, they don't really have you know, behind McLaurin, you know, it's like, I feel like Curtis Samuel is just like kind of gone for this season and they don't have a ton of, of, uh, pass catchers possibly. Um, I mean, that would be kind of interesting, but I, I do think it's, I don't know. I still think it's worth a stash, um, just to see what, what does in fact happen. Cause they like to utilize their tight ends, you know? And Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, I think yeah. that Logan Thomas definitely has top 10 tight end, uh, mm-hmm. potential. Um, yeah. so uh, I'm just not, you know, like the first three weeks of the season, he played 100% of the snaps mm-hmm. and Ricky Seals-Jones played, played like, like 10 to 20% of, yeah. of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I, I'm curious to see whether they, you know, will just run a lot more two tight end sets now or whether, um, you know, they split yeah, they the might. snaps a little more evenly between the two of them or mm-hmm. whether, it, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones just goes straight back to the bench. Um, right. I, I think it's going to be. Yeah, that'll be yeah, that'll be kind of an interesting there. thing. Yeah, no, I think that that's definitely a interesting point to bring up, um, and we shall see. But I still think it's yeah. worth the stash. So yeah, yeah. And then if you can't get, hopefully you can get one of those tight ends we mentioned. But if you can't, then you're back in the like 
touchdown or bust realm and mm-hmm. it's got to be cj uzoma for that right yeah 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 i <laughs> the, he the didn't, he didn't the score touchdown last week but yes he is the the three target you know has touchdown upside but you you know you're that's a total touchdown boomer bust guy but yeah i think that he is he's the um the next guy you know i was saying mo alley cox but then they switched that up this week and threw in jack doyle instead so uh in in indianapolis <laughs> so uh but so yeah no i think it is it is cj uzoma because he's playing close to like 80 percent of their snaps so um, yeah i and- i guarantee mo alley cox will score at least two or three more touchdowns mm-hmm. this season though yeah it's just yeah it's trying to figure out when right exactly exactly <laughs> that's the fun part of tight ends fun quote unquote yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah more like pulling your hair out if i had right. any right. um <laughs> all right defense yep so uh i mean i i mentioned the saints defense i love mm-hmm. the saints defense i think they're a really strong unit mm-hmm. they're somehow under 50% rostered uh, in Yahoo leagues, uh, yeah. I, they're my number one pickup. They're facing Atlanta. Yeah. I, I think that's a slam. Same, dunk. yeah, same. Yeah. Um, uh, who else do you like? Um, I like the Chargers against uh, Philly. Um, I don't know. They've had a couple of of down games, but I feel you know I'm not. I feel like you can you can stop. You can stop the Eagles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just have yeah, like, or you know, the Eagles can stop themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I, I like the Chargers. Um, you know, Baltimore is only rostered in fifty percent of of leagues, yeah. and they they're coming off a bye this week. They get Minnesota. They're at home. Um, that I mean, they could go kind of either way, but I think they're a strong enough unit that I think that you can kind of roll them out. Uh, yeah, they're uh, a really hard confidence. team to figure out uh, yeah. defensively this season. Yeah. I mean, they've had they've just had a lot of ups and downs, and mm-hmm. of course they they did suffer um, all, their fair share of injuries, um, mm-hmm. particularly in the secondary. But um, yeah, I I have them on my list. I I kind of lean towards. I, I'm not sure that you can pick up Baltimore and just like start them the rest of the season though so mm-hmm. that's why I, I might lean towards uh the raiders yeah, uh, at the giants yep. as my uh, my favorite streamer mm-hmm. um and then the panthers at home against the patriots i, I think the panthers actually have a pretty decent defense mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. overall so uh i don't i don't hate that one either um i don't really want to play miami but I they know, do get the texans Houston, at home yeah, yeah so it's because they're just so not good <laughs> no know, so exactly it's just, yeah yeah. I mean they did they actually did okay against Buffalo last week all things considered I but surprised. I mean that's yeah. not a reliable defense in the least. It's kind of like starting Jacksonville or something like you're right. never going to feel great about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like you start that you with two fingers crossed sort of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would cross more than two if I could, but <laughs> fingers I might and toes. injure my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. On that note, I think that about covers everything for this week. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, please go to rosrankings.com uh, to see our updated rest of season rankings. Uh, I'm going to be taking a week off from my start sit article this week, but Lauren, I believe you'll you'll still have one up I there. I will still crank one out for you all. Yep. Yeah. All right. And yeah, we will. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me at LK Auerbach. And as always, if you can rate, review, like, subscribe, ring that bell, all that fun stuff, um, you, we, we greatly appreciate it. It means a lot to us. And um, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you guys later in the week. Talk to you later. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. 
go to www.rosrankings.com for more.